Canine Detection Collaborative, a detection dog training trio with Stacy Barnett. Hi. Robin Grubel. Hey there. And Crystal Wing. What's up? With humor and a big dose of theory, our trio talks practical training advice and features interviews with top trainers and scientists. It's Canine Detection Collaborative! Welcome back to the Canine Detection Collaborative. My name is Crystal Wing, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Stacey Barnett. Hello. And Robin Grubel. Howdy. So I can make a lot of corny jokes about time, but uh, I'll save it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till later. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring some in probably. I'm queen of dad yeah. jokes. Yeah. Uh, but how about we talk about time? So it was a suggestion from one of our listeners and it. Thank you, listener. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. If Sinta, you like suggestions, think- if you have suggestions, keep sending them to us. Yes. Like that. Yeah. It was, a. I think your Facebook messenger, maybe Insta post. I don't know. I'm not very good at the Insta thing. Um, <laughs> but, um, what I really liked about this was we already talked about, or were, were we thinking about talking about certifications and competitions and, uh, the pressure of time, but also understanding this time on your side. And I really felt that here a couple of weeks ago when we did our certification, uh, for uh, cadaver work. And it was like, okay, I remember sitting there and we had a radish and I had a half acre buried and you have 30 minutes to complete it. And about eight minutes, we had gone through the area and I took a knee with her and I talked to her for a second and said, okay, sweet girl, (laughs) (laughs) you've done a nice job. You've told me there's nothing here, but I still have all of this time, but then also thinking, okay, you have two more half acre berries. You still have three, two acre areas. You still have an urban area. So like if you took all the time for all of the things and you used your full time, it'd be five hours of nose time. And it's 90 degrees outside. (laughs) And so on the, on the day we did the, I think on the buried day, it was toward the end of the day and it was still, it was, it was warmer. And so it was really, you have to be smart about using your dog's nose. And I just looked at her and I said, all right, I'm going to trust you. And I looked to the the official and said, okay, we're going to call this done. (laughs) And she's like, okay. And then of course, Robin is the, uh, Oh, would you, <laughs> sorry. Like an assistant official? Is that because you're? I, I was apprenticing. Yeah. Apprentice, yeah. And so I look at Robin too, and she just has this blank face. It You have the best officiating face I think I've ever seen. <laughs> you're always so warm and smiling and just so like, I want to, you know, have like mentor and fun and friend and no on competition day or on certification day, you are just stone cold. I'm like, Oh, I'm not looking at her again. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm kind of like trying to picture this in my head and I'm getting a scary image. And uh... you're correct. I just go, <laughs> I go blank. I I give no visual nothing. affect at nothing. That sounds terrifying. It reminds me of my interview that I had for uh, yeah. when I was getting a teaching job 20 years ago. <laughs> and the lady scared me. I mean, terrified me because there was no affect. I'm like cracking funny jokes and I'm laughing at myself and she is just stone cold. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's going to be one of those. The time thing. So th- that time thing, cause like Nico is a really, really fast dog. Yeah. And so, you know, I run into the problem of, um, I think I've covered my area because he's uh-huh. put his, I've asked him to go wherever he's supposed to go. I've asked him to figure something out and he's yep. like, 
I can figure it out. I got it. And, you know, a long search for him in a two acre area right now is 10 minutes. Yep. And when you do have an hour to finish your area, you're just like, hmm, yeah. (laughs) Or or the fact that three to five minutes into a buried area, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to call it. And that's when it flips into, I'm going to use my search strategy. Have I, even though I think you've covered everything, I am now going to thoroughly cover my area twice (laughs) just to make sure I didn't miss anything, but know how to balance it on the other side of not pushing your dog to the point where it's going to throw a false. Yeah. So I have kind of a similar situation, but different, (laughs) similar, but different (laughs) Um, powder, right? Super, super fast dog. Like she's, she's a rocket. Um, physically and she searches really fast and she makes and she's really gotten very very good at making um, very good fast appropriate decisions and I go through a search area and she'll find stuff and I found this is my problem at elite where then I would just keep searching and we wouldn't be finding anything else and I was finding that for me the challenge for me was learning how to call it sooner when, because for us, time is going to really come into our, our final um, standings. So it behooves us to, to not use as all of our time if we can avoid it. So that when you have a fast dog, like sometimes you're like, well, we found all this, but now we have all this leftover time. What do we do with it? Or we can be in a situation where we have a fast dog and we're still under a crunch, depending upon the, the type of search that we're that we're under. Like maybe everybody's going to be under a crunch. And it, you know, it's just because there, there's time pressure and then there's the speed of the dog. It's it's just sometimes two very, very different things, two very different concepts. For points and placement, what yeah. can you explain the the importance of is it more important to finish fast or to find all of the hides or like, how does the point and rankings work for that at different levels? Yeah. And it's going to, yeah. And it's going to vary based on the level, right? So at the lower levels, you know, at time, honestly, I tell I tell my students, don't even think about the time. Like at the lower levels, if your dog is, a per, is, is well-trained, you should have enough time to find all the hides. So at that point, like, even if I'm competing at the lower levels with a new dog, like I don't really pay attention to the time. I'm just like, well, we're just going to, I'm just going to work my dog. And, you know, it's more important that you find all the hides. Um, I find that a lot of people at the lower levels, they get so into wanting to try to do really well in terms of placement because the the placement is uh, first, like, have you found the hide? And then how fast are you is kind of secondary that they're trying to speed that up to get the placement and they end up making mistakes. So they're trying to go for the ribbon and they make mistakes and then they don't pass. So that's a little bit of an issue at the lower levels. Um, You know, when you get into the unknown number of hides, so at at like NW3 is kind of like when you start getting an unknown number um, there, you still have to find everything. Like you're, you're just, you're not going to title unless you find everything. But once you get out of NW3, now you're at the at the upper levels and you're at Elite and you're at, at um, Summit. It is at Elite. I mean, conceivably, you could find all the highs. It's 
rare. I mean, Powder's done it a couple times, but it's it's actually really, really rare for dogs to find all the hides in the trial. So you want to find as many hides as you can. And at those levels, I think less about the time. I want the points. But I don't want to waste my time either. I guess for me, I'm just looking at not wasting my time. At those levels, the time pressure is this is the amount of time you have to cover your search area. So you have to make strategic searching decisions. That's the time pressure. It's what decisions are you going to make and how are you going to handle so that you can effectively cover and be confident enough in calling finish. Or if you have a situation where you actually know where the hides are, you have to actually modify your search strategy to accommodate that. And there are some situations where you know you've got a ridiculously short amount of time. We've had that at Summit where it's kind of like, you know, and and nobody's going to find all the hides potentially in that time frame, but you're going to try. I mean, I had to search the inside outside of a bus, a search area. Plus, I think we had three oil tanker trucks wreckage in the search area. We had two and a half minutes. Wow. You were flying. Yes. And we knew there were three hides. We knew there were three hides. Right. We found two. And Brava was in odor for a third. Nobody found a third hide, but she right. found a hide inside the bus and then in the wreckage. And wow. so it's one of those things where that's time pressure. You want to talk about time pressure, that's time pressure. But at the same time, you know, it's sometimes we have, you know, an, you know, an eight minute or a seven minute search where it's still pressure, but it's pressure in covering your search area because, you know, it, it they, they stretch you in different ways, I guess is what I'm trying to say at the, at the upper levels. So at the lower levels, it's a little bit more straightforward at the upper levels. Time is one of those things where, um, you know, we, we talk about time where it we use it as an added pressure on the yep. handler to create handler stress and bias. Yeah. That's yeah. one. Um, when we start thinking about nose time with the dogs, how long is the dog searching before it runs into odor? That's another thing. Yeah. And, and we get so wrapped up a lot in the, you know, I know the competition world is do it fast. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, if we have effective and efficient searching, then you're going to be fast. Then you're going to be fast. Have effective and efficient. You're going to be effective and efficient. Yes, you're be as fast as you can be. Right, and and that goes back to the you know yeah. the episode we did on dog directed searching, which is yeah. not necessarily efficient. Mm-hmm. Right, it's not <laughs> right, not and fast. so but the the added time pressure. I I mean, it was excruciating watching Crystal in one of her areas. For her, you're going to bring this up. Huh? I am. You're so going to bring this. You're up. going to air this out, aren't you? I am. I, I I'm, heard I'm about so it. throwing you under the bus. Um, it but was bad. It it was really bad. But it also comes down to the f- result of, you know, Crystal. This was your first certification with your dog, and she passed. And she passed. It was <laughs> your first. Exactly. I believe it was. It was your first cadaver dog certification ever. Yep. Which is significantly different than a competition type of feel. And she just had to say the words, I'm calling that the aid is here. And I understood that, but I didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that I had said that. And then I didn't say exactly those words. 
So then I was like, okay. We, we, and we I- started having questions and we started asking her questions. And then she went back to work instead of saying the words. And oh. so then I thought that I'd failed because I was like, oh, well, I called it and it wasn't there. So, and you can't have any misses. So on this yeah. test, there's zero mistakes. Right. And so I was like, oh, well, do I keep going then? They're like, yeah. Okay. Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So then Sally had to come over and say, okay, so where do you think it is? (laughs) Like, well, I I said, it's right over there. It's like, well, where? (laughs) So I had to like narrow it down. It's like, well, you call it there. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I said, it's there. Where is it? (laughs) (laughs) Will you say the words and, and just those, will you say the words of I'm calling that the training aid is located here. That's commitment. It's commitment. And it's, it's also on just like you guys calling finish on a blank area. I mean, that's, that's something that, you know, you get this little heart palpitation. You're like, you you do like you want to, you a little throw up in the back of your throat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that's one of those things that when we start thinking about how to add pressure in to our training scenarios is put a time pre- time constraint yeah. on it. Yeah. So that. But see, I think can... I naturally do that anyway, because I always feel badly that I'm taking other people's time. And so that's something that I have to work on. And I know Nancy's the same way. I train with her a lot and it's, it's annoying when she does it, but then I turn around and do the exact same thing. And, the same thing. and I annoy other people when I do it yeah. and I recognize it and I go, okay, stop. You yeah. know, I, I don't like taking time. I don't like that people mm-hmm. are having to wait on me. And especially during that certification, we had 45 minutes for urban. I took, I think 38 Yes, and it was painful. Like I should have been done in less than 10 because she found both things in less than 10, but I kept saying, I don't know why this is hard. And I kept making all these stupid choices. And I mean, the dog was great. The dog was fantastic. Radish did her job and she did it beautifully. But then I'm sitting there feeling terrible that I'm taking all this time of everybody that's standing there and watching and waiting. And, you know, it's like, oh, that, that was could so be hard sitting down and doing all of that. We have that whole narrative that goes on in yeah. our head. And, yeah. and I even think about this with, um, you know, setting up hides, you know, we get impatient mm-hmm. when we set up a hide and our dog doesn't solve it in three minutes. And, yeah. you know, yeah. we're, we forget that there's all of this other stuff that we should be training for like nose time and, oh, gee, we could work on these other things. But we we get on that whole, oh my God, their dog found it in 30 seconds. Why is mine taking five minutes to find this hide? And when you run multiple dogs and one takes 30 seconds, the other one, you're like, okay, hello, mountain meat molehill. Yes. Yeah. And and <laughs> I, I, a lot of times I get, well, why did it take him so long to find this this thing? I'm like, like well, hello, this five minute search and your sister took like 45 seconds. Like what's going on here? But yeah. And, and so <laughs> the question then becomes, why do we always feel like we have to rush it? Yeah. yeah. And the whole concept of um, 
you know, and I think that's one of the valuable things about going places. And I realize that when students come to me, what, what they actually want is thoughtfully well laid out problems that it may take them a half an hour to figure out and yep. work with their dog. Yep. Um, and then when it doesn't, they're excited and I'm frustrated because I'm like, well, I didn't make that hard enough, but it also can show some really nice, um, it, it may not show holes. What it may show is that it's a really nice working team that saw, solves what I thought was going to be a hard problem in three minutes. Yep. Okay. Well then we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You made me just think about something you said. Um, uh, it made me think about why are we so aware of our time that we're taking from others? So I don't think that people are actively doing something to make me feel like no, I'm taking too much time. It's all internally. Mm-hmm. It, that's internal. all internal. It's internal. And, right. I do the same so thing. So then it makes me wonder where does that come from? Um, because taking time from other people is being selfish. I don't know. It's just interesting. I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's some of the contact constructs in which we are raised and told how to conduct ourselves that, you know, we're supposed to just get stuff done. So every, we can't inconvenience anyone. Yeah. And I'm going to throw Nancy under the bus again, because she's not here to defend herself, but poor Nancy. Uh, <laughs> I know I love her to death. She is ready for an FH and I am encouraging her so much. It's in uh, IGP sport. It's tracking and it's this amazing awesome. track. That's really long and it's wow. lots of articles and a cute wow. turn, and, you know, these curves and all these things. And wow. there's a trial coming up and the first, she's like, yeah, I think I might go. And I'm like, yeah, I encourage you. And she goes, well, no, never mind, because that takes a lot of time and I don't want everybody having to wait on me. And then it throws the whole trial off. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, <laughs> because to do it, no, it has to it, age you know, for, for three hours and you have to, you know, I mean, so it's a, it is a lot of time on the, on the club and it puts the competition side of the obedience and the protection and all of that. But I'm like, oh my gosh, don't, don't oh not gosh. do the thing because of worried about other people's time, yeah. <laughs> well, especially I mean, for a trial. You know, with a trial, it's kind of like you should feel like, well, I, you know, this is my time. You're paying for that. Right. Yeah. This is and, my time. I entered. This is my time. Right. And and this is yeah. one of the things that I, you know, with certifications, um, when people register for certifications, I don't get mad at you if you you know, pass or fail, because when I've set up the certification, I've allotted the time for you to take the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's expected. If you take less, that's like, yay, you're giving me time back, but I expect people to take their full allotted time um, because that's how the certification is written. And I don't know. I thought you guys were going to beat me. So I, I well, we were. with what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it had to do with the amount of like taking somebody's time though. It had to do with like, I'm being silly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just exactly. not being, not being, I just want you to be and, successful. Yeah. My you know. poor dog. <laughs> yeah. Reddit, I'm, I'm impressed. She didn't bite you. Oh man. Okay. Okay. But I did say on the next search, she went and found it and she sat down and slammed her butt down. And then she went, <laughs> she did. It was really funny. <laughs> she nose punched us. Like, you're not doing this to me again, <laughs> stupid lady. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh, I love her so much. <laughs> oh my God, that's too funny. That's too funny. <laughs> so I and and I think um, one of the other things I'd like people to think about is you know I will set out hides and then I run my search strategy 
so that I know it's going to take my dogs longer to get to the area where they're going to run into odor. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually not searching it in the most efficient t- uh, way possible just because I need nose time on my dog. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. And, and cause you have, to, that's like a muscle you have to build because yeah. otherwise they're like, I haven't found it in 10 seconds. So I'm going to but, tell you, you know, and I tell, I tell people when they train, they need to have, you know, what is the goal for this specific training? Yeah. Are you, are you building, are you kind of training like how you would search it? Or are you, are you giving the dog a chance to work it out on their own? Are you handling it like you would handle it blind? Are you like, what are the decisions that you're making for this particular setup? And it, you know, and how you handle and what you do and where you start and everything else is going to depend on what your goal is for that session. Yeah. I mean, I think we do a really good job of that in, in general, nose time is actually one thing that I put on, this is what I'm working on today. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think that that's really important. I know during our certifications, I was able to say, um, will you please let me know when half my time has expired? Mm-hmm. Uh, with nose work, how do you keep track of time? Uh, I, it's self-time. I have a um, I have a watch, which, by, by the way, oh my gosh, I can't find it. I got to find it somewhere in my van. Oh, and every people are saying, I've seen your van. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's in there somewhere. I got to find it. But um, I have a, a watch. And now that I've gotten older, I've got a watch with a bigger face <laughs> and bigger numbers. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that does a countdown. And that way I can keep track. And so, because I mean, we only have so much time. And if we time out, that is we lose either at the upper levels, we lose points if we time out. Um, oh, so they, they actually punish you for not calling finish. Oh yeah. They punish okay. you hard. Okay. They punish you hard. Um, yeah. Like, like you could lose a title hard at some Ouch. level. Yeah. yeah. At, at the summit level, you could definitely lose it because okay. it comes down to it's two and a half points. Right. You, you could, you know, earn or lose a title with two and I mean, Brava lost a title with two and a half points in, in Michigan. We were just off by two and a half points. It wasn't, we, we called finish everywhere. It was, you know, but it would just happen to be, but that's the same value as timing out. So, yeah, so that, I, I think it was at distraction camp. Someone would say that their watch had made beeping noises or something. Yeah. That can so be, an you have, yeah. Do you have suggestions about maybe I mute it? I muted. I found out with Brava. Um, I had it. I had it on beep and I was actually at her last summit. And the first day I'm like, why are you like stopping and looking at me? Like you don't search like that. Like it would all of a sudden she'd stop and stare at me. And I'm like, you got to keep searching. And she's like, I thought we're done. And I realized she was, she's so smart because the dogs don't learn what we think they're learning. Right. They don't. The way we think they're logicking. Right. And she would hear the beeping and she's like, oh, I guess the search is done. I'm like, oh, oh So no. somebody else was beeping. Or well, was it, it was you? My watch. My watch oh. was beeping. So she was figured she had associated the end of the search with the beeping watch. So she would stop <sighs> searching before I was ready for her to stop searching. Grr. I know. So on the second day, I put it on mute and I didn't have the problem anymore. 
You're like, wow, welcome to the next training issue that I have. I know. Right? I was like, well, that at that point, I'm gonna just, I'll just put it on mute. But I literally, I didn't even know that until I went back and watched my GoPro video that night. And I'm like, oh, look what she's doing. Oh. <laughs> I'm so happy I did that because um, I put it on mute and then, you know, things were fine the next day. <laughs> it was like, that could oh, be a good go. heads up for other people. Like if they're, you know, trying to figure something yeah. out, that's something they can pay attention to now as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, someone had told me that story, and I couldn't remember what it was. So I'm, I'm glad. I I, I yeah. just can't remember. Maybe it was when I was in California, you were telling me that story, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it oh stuck God. with me. And people <laughs> always ask me like, when do you start it? So the way I do it, because the the official timer, there's somebody there with a the stopwatch, right? Is may not necessarily be the same, you know, have the same reflexes as you do, right? So what I tend to do is I, before I even get to the search area, like even before I get to the start line, you know, anywhere near it, I don't want the 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 timer to think I'm crossing the start line and hit the button. At that point, I hit the button, then I kind of get my dog gathered, then I approach the start, the start line, and then I release my dog. So I should have a few seconds cushion there so that if I hear a lot of times you'll, you'll hear the 30 second warning, um, they, they try to give it to you. They're not re- required to, um, if they miss it, they miss it, you know, but they will do their best to give you the 30 second warning. So if I hear 30 seconds, I usually hear that and then do a quick, um, comparison to the, the watch on my wrist, just so I know like the difference, but I go by, I can see the watch and I make sure I do not time out. Like that is, I feel like there's really no, um, there, there, there's, there's no reason to ever time out with a search. You're allowed to self time. So if you're there, there, that's just sad to lose points that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it makes you sad. It does because it's just like you, there's no. You can reason. call finish with two seconds left, and you didn't. You, time you out. can call finish. I've seen where people are like, whoa, like. Like, you know, they had like a half a second left. Like right. really, I mean, they, yeah. That I mean, works. You, you so it's interesting point. how, you know, I, it, and, and then you flip to the other side of it and deployments for us. Yeah. Right. Are, there is no time limit. Right. Right. right? You're out there until you call the area done. Yeah. And so you could be everywhere from, you know, I've been in places where I'm like, oh my gosh, if I was thoroughly going to search this area, I would be here for three days. Wow. And so then it depends on the type of, you know, how you're using your dog. So it for us, an operational period is supposed to be um, eight hours. Okay. Does that mean that I'm going to be out searching for that entire eight hours? Oh my God, no. Uh, but you know, and, and typically a lot, they'll, they'll do like 20 minutes on 40 minutes off. Okay. Let's um, see. How do they rotate that right, out for, for some of the, ex, um, like explosives and, and dogs like that. When we were, we're doing, um, some of the explosives work, it's 20 minutes on 40 minutes off, or, you know, I would do a pass through the local amusement park, which yeah. was typically a half an hour pass and then the dog would get a break and so i i started rotating dogs gotcha and <laughs> you have a lot of dogs <laughs> you do that and um so it it turned out that the 
each dog would get like a half an hour worth of work or, and then they'd get like a 45 minute break. Gotcha. And so, but with the, the search dogs, you know, I'm some of our tests, like our type one area search dog test is 160 acres, two subjects. You have four hours. And that's, that's, yeah, a lot of space to cover. Right. And then if you go West to the crazy people out West, they're doing 300 (laughs) acres. Oh my gosh. Right. They're doing 300 acres in four hours. So their dogs really have to range. They have to, you know, their, their map and compass skills are phenomenal. I'm like, I like searching in Iowa because if you walk a little ways, you're going to hit a road. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> so, you know, well, that's we, not even half your, half your farm though. No, it's not. So. Um, we, we could, yeah, <laughs> I, we could handle <laughs> some of that on the farm, but it, it it's be kind of fun. <laughs> um, uh, <my> <laughs> that's a word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, my niece can't handle that anymore. True. So, uh, you know, there's, there's the difference between certifications, training, and, you know, we have to train like we're going to fight. So there are some times where, no, I just need to go out and I need to do once in every great while, because that's how we end up searching. I need to go out and do a 45 minute blank search. There's nothing there. Or I do a 45 minute search and then at the end he happens to run into a large thing or 22 minutes into a search with one of the narcotics or explosives dogs, then they run into their thing so that the odor becomes reinforcement for the whole entire chain of searching. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the, the point is not to run your dog into the ground. Correct. I mean, that. yeah, that's not good training. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you don't want to get the dog like, oh, we're going to go out and do nose time. And now the dog is like, I don't ever think I want to search again. Right. That wasn't fun. So yeah. it's it's hard. Yeah. I know with building nose time, too, I still go back to, I mean, usually about once a week, I do the, I'm placing the toy out. You know, they go out, they find the toy. And then I have them on their sit stay. And I, I use some competition, too. It's usually Radish and Yukon together. And it's a big, tall field uh, yeah. at home. And I go out and I look like I put it out there, but I don't. And then I come back and, you know, I send them to go find it. And, you know, about eight to 10 minutes in, uh, that's usually when I kind of like just toss it <laughs> and they don't see it, you know, so then they yeah. have them back across a place they've searched several times, but then they happen across it. And so it just gives me that kind of competition between the two of them. And it keeps them very like, go, go, go and on task. And it's just for finding the ball. But I, I believe that nose time and that conditioning is still just as valuable and I don't have to have the odor every time. I, yeah. I, to- I totally agree with you. And I, I've done that a little bit with flash um, just to build up um, that desire for hunting. So in, in our world, um, one of the selection tests typically that's done is will the dog continue to hunt for their toy for five minutes in an unknown environment without looking to the handler for help or giving up. Yep. And so, you know, people are like, well, they should naturally come with that. Um, my five month old or my, you know, eight week old puppy is not going to naturally do that for five minutes. No. no. 
And, and so it's one of those, I, I, for me, it's a drive doesn't even really kick in until later anyway. Let's talk about drive. I mean, little flash right now is like, hold my beer. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Too young. Um, So it's, we have to build those things. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, I'm going to fake throw a toy. (laughs) <laughs> into tall grass, you have to also pr- build up to the, fo- you know, when I throw something, yes, it's out there. Go. Yeah. Hunt. The ex- expectation is it's going to be there. Yeah. Otherwise it be like, yeah, I've gone, I've played that game before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's behind your back. You dummy. Yeah. 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 And that's something we've built. I mean, that's right. We just do it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I think with, with nose work, what I find with the, although our search times are a lot shorter, um, the intensity level that they have to have is actually very high. So the energy expenditure, I kind of think of it like sprinting versus like long distance running. There's a lot of sprinting. There's a lot of sprinting. Yeah. Uh, you guys have a lot of sprinting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of sprinting. You know, like I said, that two and a half minute search and that, I mean, that was, that was a sprint, right? What's I the mean, longest search you've done in nose work? Competition? Yeah. In competition, eight minutes. Okay. Eight minutes. Um, but it can be it can be a kind of a big area for eight minutes. And you have to right. make and it it comes down to it's a lot of it's the speed of cover and move on. That's what it is. Sniff and dismiss. How fast can it's I sniff, sniff and dismiss? dismiss. Exactly. Right. Because a lot of it, people are always asking me, Well, how do I make my dog faster? I'm like, you you don't. Right. <laughs> you, <laughs> You, you don't. I mean, your dog's decision-making might get a little bit faster, but your dog's legs aren't going to move. And honestly, the really fast dogs actually are almost at a disadvantage in a lot of cases. So it's, I mean, Powder, Powder's problem solving had to keep, had to catch up with her legs. And yes. That's a, that was actually a really tough position to be in. Um, I mean, it's great now because now it's caught up and I'm like, whoo, you are like unstoppable. But it, it be up until then I'm like, oh man, we are like a train wreck here. So, you know, speed, I always say speed kills, you know, <laughs> you gotta be careful there. But the, a lot of the, the pressure there is can the handler make the decision to move on? Um, mm-hmm. I've told a lot of students where they're, they're not time boxing their training. And I'm like, you're hanging out longer in an area that you know and you're you're kind of building that into your search pattern that now the dog just kind of hangs out in the area like you you've got to have that be able to make that decision to move on and that is where that time pressure comes in it's can you you know observe your dog say my dog is not productively in odor they may they may have um indications of odor but it's not productive odor behavior right? If my dog is not productively working odor, move on. And that is the time pressure. Can you make that decision and move through a big area? Say, is my dog, you know, productively working odor and move on and make their decisions? That's where the time pressure is. So when you were here and you were working the larger areas with, you know, like 20 and 30 minute, you know, searches, what do you think that that was building for your dogs? Um, Well, for them, it was working odor i actually i enjoyed those searches because it was a different picture than my dogs get to see naturally so 
honestly, for the longer search times, I've got dogs that that like to do that kind of stuff and they've got that kind of energy and I'm like, cool, we're going to be tired. Um, and I think, but I think also pushing them and stretching the envelope on how long they will search and their, their commitment to working and, um, and pushing their fitness a little bit when it comes to the shorter search times, I think that can only benefit them. So I kind of see it as it's kind of like the whole like interval training type of deal, you know, where if you want to be able to get, um, I want to be able to get that, that really good. Maybe that's not a good, cause I don't really understand the whole, that aspect really of it, but I'm kind of like picturing it like if, if I picture like a sphere of what I'm trying to achieve, if the, my dog's capability is bigger than, than that sphere, then they can tap into, um, other capabilities that are just going to make them stronger. Well, and it, which it, it's a little bit like overtraining, right? Yes. It's overtraining. That's a better way. Of saying, and, and so, you know, I, I, I think about the duck dog stuff that I'm doing is uh, okay. You know, if I'm doing hunt tests, the maximum limit for a mark is yep. like 125 yards. Yep. But if we train at 175, then 125 is easy. Yeah. And um, with with what your girls were doing, and this is one of those things that I've also, I've, I've realized through the years as I'm training up their narcotics and explosives dogs, um, I actually teach my explosives and narcotics dogs all the way out to work like mm-hmm. a cadaver dog. Because yep. that if if they will independently search mm-hmm. and they will independently do their train final response a yep. long ways away from me after yeah. we have worked so much time with them close to me, it definitely makes, you know, this is, it's one way for me to make sure that the pictures and the contingency plans or contingencies, the dog absolutely understands its job. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a more, it's another layer of fluency. Yes. Right. Absolutely. I mean, for my dogs, like the, the scent pictures when you're working out in the fields in Iowa are very different than what we see in a trial situation because it's a different environment. Right. But if my dogs can learn that scent picture, then they have a better understanding of airflow. They have more tools in their toolbox. They have more tools in their toolbox. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, they may not have to search coming out of a ravine, but you know what? They, they'll have a better understanding of airflow. So that's why I want them to do it, you know? And um, I think that it's really important for us to understand that as we're setting up hides and things of that nature, we should really be looking at it as how am I putting more tools in my tool dog's toolbox so they can more efficiently and effectively solve a yeah. problem. And then that gets back to the time, yes. you know, because it is, it's not, you, you can't, people say, how am I going to speed up my dog? You, you can't. Usually, typically uh, you get the whole, um, well, they need to be more motivated. Then they'll work faster. Mm. Yeah. So here's something that I find fascinating is um, I would say that both of you have very fast, uh, very efficient dogs. Mm -hmm. Would you say that that's an accurate statement? If we're talking about Nico, yes. Current. uh, Yeah. And talking about current dogs. Yeah. My my Labradors. Yes. I would say my my Labradors. I want to qualify that and say uh, three out of my four, three out of four of my dogs. I would say yes. Okay. And then Robin, what would you say? I would say that 
right now, Nico is my fastest dog. My other dogs are, have purposely been taught to be a little bit more methodical because of the type of searching that they do. So you would not call them fast? Um, I would call them effective. You know, my, okay. my version of fat, although, okay, let's be honest. Let's, let's get rid of effective and all of that. We, we, we don't know if they're just the speed at which they go out. You would, would you say it's slow? Oh yeah, you? they're fast. No, they're fast. Okay, thank you. <laughs> they're fast. <laughs> okay, so all yeah. of your dogs are fast. Doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not looking at effective, no. efficient, just fast. Yeah, they're and fast. Then, and, and then what would you say about why? I, I would say he is, he solves problems actually way more quickly than I expect. He's gotten faster. Okay. At his problem solving. So moving through the space. Physically, he has no issues. So is he middle of the road speed, do you think? Can, you know, just. I Ideally, I'm not running through a search area regardless. So it's not going to matter. Okay. Because but if just, you run through a search area, you're going to run through scent phones. And that's where I find it interesting as to which dogs uh, and the speed with which they work. Yeah. Um, which ones are most effective for which areas? So for which disciplines? Mm -hmm. And it was interesting having some conversations at distraction camp too, about some of the people that were saying, I would rather have my medium drive, medium arousal dog oh, absolutely. who goes very just steadfast, efficient, just kind of goes through the space, yeah. but would not get all the areas as fast as the fast dog but the fast dog missed some things potentially mm -hmm. or had to work it out and they had to work it in a different yep. way. And it's, it's something I've had to come to terms with because, you know, my, my kid is, or my kid, whatever, my dog. <laughs> I, I call <laughs> them kids. They're, oh, my, my, they're yeah. my kiddos. I call oh, them my kiddos. My root vegetable. Uh, <laughs> I, she's, you know, yeah. medium of both. She's not super fast and I have to bring her up sometimes. And sometimes I have to bring her down. And so it's, it's been interesting kind of myself watching you guys work your dogs and seeing how fast they are. And then also, I think there's been a couple of times that I got to see Nico work something and Rad worked it differently, mm -hmm. but almost as fast, which yes. really surprised me because she ran it first on one of them. And I was like, wow, that was the struggle bus, but it took Nico about the same amount of time. And it, that blew me away. So it's, it's really been fascinating watching the different kind of yeah. speeds of the dog and seeing how the efficiency of how they work can also vary. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but just it goes with the whole time thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like sometimes why finds stuff and finishes the search faster than, I mean, he's he's got ribbons. He has placement ribbons. I mean, he, I have a 12-year-old short, right? He's a short, he's a miniature Aussie. Well, I mean, people hate it, you know, the mini, he's a mini Aussie. I don't know. It's miniature American Shepherd, right? He's a, he's a, 12 year old small dog he has placement ribbons based off of time I mean, we had one search we knew how many hides there were and he got a second place out of 30 dogs but is he you don't look at him and go oh that's a fast dog i think i think people start to label their dogs they see a dog that's like high. i think people try to say high drive equals fast and that's not not necessarily true not necessarily true because it's like what are you what are you saying is fast yeah i have i have three high drive dogs are there they're in they are motivated 
they have hide commitment and they can problem solve. So really problem solving is probably the way to be the most efficient with your time, no matter how fast your dog is. It's about teaching them to make those decisions and teach them the scent theory as efficiently as possible. Exactly. Yes. And if you have a dog that's not going to have so much natural momentum behind them that they will run past things, then they're problem solving. They're going to find everything. They're going to find more stuff and be more, they could actually find more hides and actually do better. And some people are always looking for something that looks a little sexier, which I think is kind of the dog that has a lot of momentum behind them. Yeah. But the more effective dog, the dog that actually does better might be the dog with less momentum behind them. Yeah. Which is really, and honestly, when the dogs that do have the momentum can figure it out and they can start to put the pieces together, it's pretty, pretty cool. I'll have to say that is super cool, but it is a lot of work and it's a lot to maintain. And it's really hard to get to the point to make it look easy. Do you think the faster dogs are harder to maintain their accuracy than the more methodical, slower dogs? Absolutely. Absolutely. And why do you think that is? I have to work so hard to get Powder to say, hey, you know, you got to find one hide and start thinking about finding another one in close proximity. It was so hard to get her to get from, I am so excited to be at a trial. Woo, we found a hide. Let's go find another. Off we go. Meanwhile, we're passing to others. It, it That is the hardest thing in trying to trial her. She's an amazing dog, but because she has got a lot of momentum behind her, we end up recovering and we do really well. But it's one of those things where I have to constantly train her expectation to find another hide close by. Otherwise, she's going to find a hide and she's going to take off on me because she loves to move. And it, it, it is hard. It is hard. And and you also, the, the faster moving dog is you have to, here's the other part of it. And I tell people, if you're going to have a fast moving dog, you better have fast observation skills. Because if you don't have fast observation skills, you're going to miss it. And it doesn't matter how fast your dog is. It's all going to be on you, right? I mean, I hate to say it, it is. You've got to have fast, obs- your your observation skills have to be equal speed of your dog. I guess I'm thinking about that too. You know, like if I get a twitchy mal, um, like a French line mal, you know, it's very much they're they've already done five things by the time the person has clicked for the thing that they thought they were clicking for. (laughs) Right, right, exactly, exactly. uh, Your timing's off a little. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I can see what you're saying there because it's you have to be on point. Yeah. And it's not that you don't have to be on point for the slower dog too, though. So I, I can see both sides of it. You, you you have time to breathe with a dog that doesn't move. Is, you really do because yeah. it's kind of like your dog, like a dog that moves very fast. You They may have given you a ton of information, but if you aren't completely focused and you're not totally paying attention and have the ability and understanding of what they're saying, you're going to miss a lot of what's happening. And if you have a dog that ranges that means that you could have missed com- a lot of information about potential hides that now their momentum has now carried them past. But if you have those observation skills, and you're like, hey, I had a change of behavior over here, very small one, and we need to make sure that we recover that area. That's the hard part. And that's where it gets it becomes easy to miss hides that way. Well, and oh. I, I think about 
what you're talking about, I actually had to specifically teach Nico a whole new way of starting so that he learned engage the nose, not the feet. Yeah. Because he was missing stuff because he's like, run faster. I'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like if if you're trying to do buried with him, right? Yes. Yeah. Buried in detailed searches. I must run fast. And so, so having that ability, you know, that's why sometimes having, you know, not quite a fur missile yeah. is a wonderful thing when you're doing detection work because you also have to think about you you know you guys your odors are a little bigger than this but you know it was sometimes we're working on odors that and if they pass over in a certain area and they're breathing out instead of breathing in they're going to they miss may it. miss it and that happened this morning that was interesting because yeah. really? right we were we were doing systematic search on the wall and it was the moment, right at the moment she got over the Wattman paper, I think it was Bristol. And right when she got over that hole, she did a big exhale to clear out her nose. Uh, and Natalie and I both were like, oh, it was right there. And for just us, that moment. Even though the, the odor is bigger, because our odors converge, and it's so complex when they do converge, you have to be able to see the minor differences in how the dog's working odor to see that's a different scent cone. My dog just gave me odor behavior that is inconsistent with the odor behavior of the scent cone that they're working. I now know I have a second scent cone. And when you have a fast moving dog, it's hard to tell that difference. So that's where having some of that speed can be very difficult because the slower moving dog, it's easier to parse that apart. And it's easier to say, because you have a chance to breathe and to think, right? It's easier to say, oh, I've got multiple scent cones going here. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So breed wise, what breed do you think is best for keeping time? I was thinking maybe like a watchdog. Would that be? <laughs> oh my God. I, I think a watchdog is really? ideal. Yeah. That's really bad. Hello, dad joke. Yeah, no I, I told you one was coming. So I know, I know. I met your dad. I can say, yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> that nut gosh. didn't fall far from the tree. And no, it did not. On the way it down. Did not. on the word nut. <laughs> yeah, loved him, by the way. <laughs> I was called wing nut for a while. So <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So, what do you think takeaways? <sighs> My takeaway is don't really think about time. Time is an outcome of good training, um, you know, meeting time and think about it's, it's not about the, the, a fast dog. If you focus on good training and you focus on effectiveness, your, your, your dog's going to be fine. And then it just comes down to just handler strategy from competition perspective, but it it's, focus on the training. Yeah. Um, uh, my takeaways tend to be as usual, think about building skills and tools in the toolboxes. Um, and the, the whole concept of slow is smooth, smooth is fast is one of those really important things that, especially with our line handling skills and some of those other things, people are like, well, we'll just figure it out. Um, take the time to learn them and to always realize that fast is not necessarily the bestest thing. 
like yep. that actually was good grammar, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, um, it's, and enjoy the time that you, you know, we get in a hurry a lot of the times. I mean, I think about, I was really excited because I trained five dogs today in two and a half hours. And that was four dogs on detection work and one dog on hunt test work. And I was super excited that I got through all of that and fed the donkey. And, um, I was just, I'm just like, okay, so I got through all of that this morning. How did I actually get that done? And it was because I had four dogs appropriately staged in the car. I had somebody helping me move bricks in and out and I could rotate things through really fast. I could be really efficient, but I also got to get some really nice quality training in and it was lovely for everybody. Now it's going to be 105 degrees for the next seven days. So we're not going to do that. We don't say those things. Let's just, let's be in the moment. Let's be in the now. By the the time this air actually we'll be right in the middle of it when this airs. So um, please send cold drinks, um, (laughs) preferably with alcohol in them. But um, it's, it goes down to, I want my dogs to be very methodical and efficient. So definitely, uh, that was a long takeaway. So I'm going to stop there. (laughs) (laughs) I got stuck in the beginning when it was the thought about taking other people's time. Yeah. And so I'm going to try to be very aware of that. And I think something that's helped me with that is, uh, we, we tend to do objectives in the beginning of training and, um, like up here at the farm, we always say what we're going to work on, you know, what our goal is uh, at home. We have a whiteboard and everybody sends in their training objectives through messenger. And then Nancy writes it all down for us so that we know what we're planning to do. And so it, it holds us accountable, but I think also it sets the expectation for the amount of time that we're going to be taking. And I've been reflecting while we've been talking. And one of the reasons that I, I feel badly about time sometimes is that um, I have a more advanced dog in my sport. And in Mondio, it'll be a half hour routine. Like they're out there for that amount of time. And so it's not that every training session with my club needs to take that amount of time, but you have to build them with that. And you can't do the things on your own. It's, it's, it's a team sport. And some of the beginning dogs, they shouldn't be out there more than two minutes because they're learning. And so we're trying to set the expectations of you come in, you work hard, you go out. And so I think there's like a past two of, of different uh, teammates in the past that felt, you know, hurt about not having as much time on the field. And so it just making me think that I want to be really clear with the people that I train with. And that way I don't let any old feelings creep in to my new groups, my new club. And I'm going to say new club because we've got a lot of new people and it's such a, a wonderful place to be. And I'm so glad to be home. Um, well, actually I'm in Iowa right now, but uh, <laughs> just for the weekend. <laughs> right. Then you're going home. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'm back home again. Um, but I think being aware of the amount of time that you're going to take, if that's something that you will feel pressure about recognizing that you feel that pressure and then communicating that with the people you train with, take that pressure away from yourself and it will make you better at your performance and getting what you need from the people you're training with. 
I think that's my takeaway, which is a different, I would never expected that as my takeaway from the day. I thought it'd be but something that's a about good takeaway. certifications and time with the dog, but really that's what hit me. I think that fun? that's um, an important takeaway. Well, and you know, on my other takeaway, and I'll just push this for people, don't push your dogs. Yep. Um, sometimes it just takes time and maturity for the dog to be able to get where you need it to go. And we always get in a, seem to get in a hurry to either compete or certify or whatever else. Yep. Yep. And sometimes it, you just need some time. Well, and also with training behaviors, like right now I'm getting frustrated because I think that they should pick up words faster. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm rushing it in that way where I just need to just chill out a second. It, we're getting there, you know, it's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, Right. And you got to put in the reps and sit. And yeah. Seat. Yeah. And it's fine. So Stacy, don't you have like a webinar or something coming up? I do. I have one this week. I have Ooh. one this week. Thursday. Thursday. So, um, with Fenzie Dog Sports Academy. Um, it's gonna be Thursday. It's at 6 p.m. Pacific. It's Thursday it's the 7th, correct? Exactly. That's correct. Okay. Um, and it's called That Was Easy, Taking the Difficulty Out of Container Distractions. And Ooh. I get into, yeah, it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be about uh breaking out uh distractions into both discrimination and impulse control and how you can train it and really how you can uh overtrain. So I get into the whole concept of overtraining and how you can do that to really make your um your container distraction game bulletproof. So it sounds like the people that were sad about distraction camp that they missed it, that this should definitely tune into that one. I yeah, yeah. I think that this would help and it might give yeah. them cheat sheet versions for next year's mm -hmm. distraction camp definitely do that and there's there may be a video in there from distraction camp of powder doing some overtraining to those distractions <laughs> very nice <laughs> all right so the link to register that will be in the show notes so check that out and it's really nice here in iowa so just like you guys we're gonna go train canine detection collaborative we appreciate the time you spend with us. If you liked this episode, not only should you follow us so you don't miss the next one, but please also rate and review us in your favorite podcast app. For info on collaborating with us, go to K9DetectionCollaborative.com. That's K9DetectionCollaborative.com, where you can find our socials and pick up our latest monthly freebie. Join us again to talk training in the next episode.